She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... The Loch Ness Monster. This episode's story is by J. Francis Hitching. The narration is by Robert L. Long. Robert L. Long, you say? I know. I always, even when I read it in my head, I read it as Robert R. Long on the screen. It's terrible. I don't know why I've got that jammed in my head, but I do. I have to say it was funny because we had that whole thing about how you were saying it wrong. And in that episode we recorded, you also said H.D. Stark and then corrected yourself. <laughs> and then you met, you called Mario, whatever his name was, Maria at one point. Like you were you were just on track with names in that episode. It was amazing. So. Honestly, that's very on red for me. So. <laughs> Terrible with names. Yeah. I would say speaking of H.G. Stark. Yeah, speaking of H.G. Stark, it was directed by H.G. Stark. It was produced by J. Francis Hitching. And it was edited by Thea Bentler, with assistance by Jack Dunsmore and John Schwartz. The series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. And this episode originally aired on Wednesday, July 6th, 1977. Ooh, almost my birthday. Yay! I don't get an episode on my birthday. Tori got two. I know. I mean, it wasn't really your birthday because you weren't born yet, but still. Right. It is the day of my birth. The ruin of Castle Urquhart in the highlands of northern Scotland dominates the shore of a lake shrouded in mystery. We also get cool bagpipe noises here. I really like the bagpipe noises. Other than they kind of transition into like weird sci-fi music and they go back into bagpipes. But I'm actually a fan of bagpipes. So anyway, the murky waters have hidden a persistent and puzzling tale for 1400 years. The lake is Loch Ness. It is said that here lives a monster that can make the surface of the lake boil with foam. And then we see some lock farts where water just going out of the water. What is below the surface of the lock? We will be closer to knowing the answer. Closer for having discovered new evidence in search of the Loch Ness Monster. Dun, 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 dun. Opening credits. Ooh, the in search of cameras record a long trail of bubbles, evidence of something huge passing beneath our lens. Dun, 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 <laughs> search of Loch Ness Monster. And then there is no theory and conjecture caveat on uh-uh. this episode. Nope. This episode is the truth. This is it. Facts. I mean... They captured footage, Nick. You saw it. So obviously they, did it. they don't this need isn't to no, like, like qualify it. Stock footage bullshit. This is in search of breaking news, basically. <laughs> yeah. And we get that when we start the episode. We know shit's different when this one starts. Yeah. Yeah. Things are very different. Mm-hmm. So clearly we are going to find proof of the Loch Ness Monster finally mm-hmm. in 1977. And then we just yep. haven't heard of it, apparently. But it's there. Because... Yeah. That's because yeah. we haven't made this episode yet. That's why. Yeah, I haven't heard <laughs> it. Yeah, so buckle in. Here we go. So the episode opens, and we see Leonard Nimoy, and he says, Hello, I'm Leonard Nimoy. Tonight, we'll take a hard look at the new evidence. 
Yeah, he does talk a little bit like the history of Loch Ness and all that kind of business. But mm-hmm. this is like we're opening like like forty eight hours or sixty minutes or something. Like this mm-hmm. is a news show now. This isn't some like theory and conjecture bullshit. This is news. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yes. All right. So we learn that Loch Ness was created by a shift in the Earth's crust. It is open to the sea at both ends by a series of lesser lakes, rivers, and more recently, canals. It is wedged between mountains, only a mile wide, but 24 miles long, which actually I was surprised to hear it was only a mile wide. I don't know why. I guess I just always thought it was a lot bigger. Yeah, it is a very, like, it is just like, yeah, it's like a, like a strip when you look at it on Google Maps. It's very, mm-hmm. yeah. Its depth may exceed 900 feet in some places, which I'm from Lake Tahoe, so that does not sound impressive to me. (laughs) I'm a lake snob. I'm like, okay, 900 feet, sure, have fun with that. But to be fair, no one knows to this day how deep the lake is for sure. Also, Loch Ness is not like a mile up in the sky like Lake Tahoe. I know. Lake Tahoe is Sixty-five hundred into the Earth's crust to get prehistoric creatures out from the depths. Yeah, yeah. I think Lake Tahoe gets up to like sixteen hundred feet deep or something. So yeah, yeah, but it's way up there. It's high, high elevation. It is. This is not high high elevation. So, so then we see people looking through binoculars for the monster, and there's a foghorn and more like bubbles in the water. Lock farts. You can say yeah. lock farts. It's fine. Lock farts. Well, that just makes me think of my cat and lock. And, oh, you know, yeah. Lock farts. Anyway. Okay. Let's not say his name. Let's not get him activated. Oh, God. <laughs> we're already derailing things enough this or today. We're just we're having fun, I guess. That was last episode. What do you mean today, Tori? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we never record more than one on the same day back to back ever. So that's not this a thing a, that this We're insane today. Enjoy the, these three episodes that we're recording <laughs> today, people. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. My brain is fried. Anyway. It's the vaccine. It's controlling your I mind. I know. I know. I've got that new, the new upgraded microchip in my little COVID booster with the, with the Omicron chip now, I guess. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's having some fun. So after we see the bubbles in the lake, we learned that it was a diver. So it was- Oh, and I am pretty sure having seen this, I was like, what? Because this had to be. I am willing to bet that Darren Morgan saw this episode and this is what inspired <laughs> that scene in Quagmire. It's got to be because it's like bubbles and everyone's like, oh, like we see people looking at binoculars and the one dude on a rock and then he's all like, what? And he like leans forward and then we see the bubbles in the water and then the diver comes up. That is dead on what happened in quagmire because they're sitting <laughs> on the dock t- licking uh-huh. frogs and then it's there's true. the bubbles and they're like <gasps> and then it's the diver and they're like oh dude so i willing to i would put money on the fact that this is where that came from so another reference that we missed in the original because we didn't know about it because we didn't watch this and i couldn't remember because i wasn't even seven years old when this came out mm-hmm. so yep yeah. i put money on it So on this day, in addition to the in-search of cameras, I guess, the MIT Academy of Applied Science, the National Geographic Society, and other scientific associations from England are also there to monitor the lake and try to find the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, apparently the English ones aren't 
big enough to bother naming and this is back when the national geographic society meant something and we know in search of is always trying to up its science cred they're always like you know mm-hmm. trying to push oh that, they're gonna so. do that hard at the end of this episode mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. yeah so we learned that saint columba came to loch ness in the sixth century to convert barbarians nick says rude yeah he founded the benedictine order that maintains an abbey on the shore to this day Father Gregory tells us that St. Columba also founded a legend. A dude was swimming and was accosted by a giant serpent. And the saint did some like religion moves or something and drove it off to save the man. I'm not sure what he did exactly, but he. he like used Christian his Dragon powers. Ball Z poses or something, probably. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Powers to drive the monster off. And that is the first known tale of the Loch Ness monster, according to Father Gregory. It's probably true, but Father Gregory needs to brush up on his the life of St. Columba because Columba is said to have come across a burial and the people told him the deceased person had been attacked by a serpent in the river Ness and was mauled and dragged under and drowned. So Columba had one of his attendants go jump in the river and swim so they could see if the monster would appear. And then when it did, he did his religion moves and then drove it off, so... That was cool. Like, hey, you, go swim in the river, see if a monster eats you. (laughs) Well, to be fair, you know, you got to do science however you can. (sighs) Then it's April 1st, 1934. A London surgeon of impeccable reputation, that's in quotes, took the most famous photo of the Loch Ness Monster. Yep. April 1st. Yeah. Yeah. A lumberjack took a picture of three humps there in 1951. Doesn't really look like much. No, I don't. I don't like the hump. I'm not. So I am kind of a Nessie snob. Like the original story is a serpent. And so like the humps are always like it's a serpent, right? Because it's like it's undulating through the water. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of the serpent. I've always been a fan of like the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like the hump photos because I think they are dumb. But, gotcha, gotcha. Because it doesn't support your also theory looks of like, a plesiosaur. Yeah, it also kind of, they don't really look like humps. They look almost, not exactly, but it looks like maybe like three upside down rough hewn boats maybe or something. Because they're not like smooth, like the humps of like a serpent. They're kind of peaked a little bit. So anyway, yeah, I'm just not a fan of humpy sea serpents. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. And then there's an underwater photo that shows what looks like a plesiosaur that was taken in 1975. So like two years before this. Yeah. They don't tell us that when we see the photo, but doing their research, I found out like who that photo was from. Actually from someone we'll talk to, they don't bring up the fact that he's connected that photo at all. And then, yeah. Minturcha does some weird stuff sometimes. (laughs) I think they just, they needed like, a couple more minutes sometimes, and then other times well, like, they, needed, they like, show this photo. Minutes. They literally talk to that. They interview him because the audio in this episode is not great, and I'm not oh, sure it's if it's bad. they were on location. Yeah, there are a couple times where people are very watery, and you can tell that like yeah. maybe the wind is hitting the mic or something, and it's not There's working. Also and then some, they like, come like, back in. Like Leonard Nimoy's narration is also very like low volume, and so I'm not sure how much of that is on location stuff and how much of that is. I mean, maybe just from the masters and the it's the DVD thing too. I don't know, but um, yeah, but like they they literally talked to the dude who helped to create this photo, who like set up the thing that did this, and yet they don't talk about the photo at all when they talk to him. They talk about something else, and so it's just kind of weird. Yeah. 
And then we learned that there was a motion picture film made in 1966 by a Loch Ness investigator. It was examined by Royal Air Force experts and determined to be genuine. Yeah, and it looks kind of like the wake of a boat kind of just moving along the water, sort of. You don't really see anything, but it's like there's something making like a wake. That's moving. Mm-hmm. So. There's going to be a lot of stuff in this episode and in the next episode where they're really talking about images, which makes it hard for a podcast. So we'll try and do our yeah, best. Yeah, I know. We'll try to ex- explain as much as we can. Yeah. So then we're told there are 1,400 years of recorded sightings. Yeah, which is not really true because there's almost no, no sightings between Columba and then a 1933 article that seems to have sparked a spate of sightings in 1933 and 34, which then, of course, helped with the 1934 London surgeon photo. And then supposedly there was an 1871 or 1872 sighting that, but it was only reported in 1934 after all the sightings had started becoming a thing. So they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, back in 1872, I saw something. And then there's an 1888 sighting, which seems to be the progenitor of the 1933 article that started everything. And it's, it gets confusing. Um, but both of those, both the 1888 and the 1933 article, describe a monster that sounds a lot like the end of Synchronicity 2 by the police. So it's mm. not in the water. It's lumbering around on the ground. So and crossing the road and stuff. Oh, so. mm-hmm. like maybe an alligator or the description was a giant salamander. Oh, God. We just cannot stop being haunted by salamanders. No, and there's podcast. actually, we're not going to get into this episode, and I didn't do any research on it, but there is mention at one point they did think it may have been a like a new species of long-necked salamander. Oh, <laughs> nice. Like, so, yeah. Because that would that would allow for like the like the please your style like swimming. But then also allow for the ability to get up on land, right? So they're trying, okay. to, they're trying to they're trying to hedge it, like, oh, we got water stuff, and we got, but we also got some land ones, and so we need to figure out like how this is working. Yeah, so, gotta yeah. fit all your sightings. Yeah. By the way, just in case you were wondering, Father Gregory has seen the Loch Ness monster too. Yep. He, he, yep, he has. And so of the Him local police, he was with the organist when they saw it. So. <laughs> and, and the local police. Yep, local police have seen it too. Yeah, must be true. Mm-hmm. Then we meet Alex Campbell, who worked on Loch Ness for most of his life as a water bailiff at the Salmon Hatchery. And he also has a story about his sighting. Yeah, which is he's the one who actually wrote the 1933 article. Okay. But I'm kind of confused because then it says the 1933 article is very similar to the 1988 story. The 1988 story says that the person who saw it told their story to water bailiff Alex Campbell and I don't think Alex Campbell is, he is old. I do not think he is that old. So maybe he is like named after his father and his father was also a water bailiff or there is just some weird shit going on in, let's be honest, in the Wikipedia article because that's where I got this stuff from. <laughs> or so, he, he's like tombs <laughs> from Squeeze and he comes back <laughs> so many back. years to, to report I don't know. Head. I mean, the 1933 <laughs> article would be totally fine. This is 1977, so it's 44 right. years later. He is really old, so that would be fine. But then if he was also a water bailiff in 1888? Yeah, that's, that's not possible. That's pushing it. That's pushing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I don't think he's like 100 in this episode. No. I, mean, old, but I don't think he's like 100. So, yeah. Well, Ted Holiday wants proof. He wants film, close-up, and in-focus. Oh, 
He missed the perfect shot when he decided to go chat up Miss Pickett, who came down to watch the breakfast dishes because she also saw the monster and he ran to grab his camera that he had set down, but it was too late and he missed the shot. Yeah. I said that he went down to chat her up. He says he went over to talk to her, but I was like, I just had this whole like story in my head that is basically like sexy seventies camp. (laughs) him like you know like like he was staying at the at the at the at the little like townhouse there to like hunt the monster and there's like the young wife who's there and she's running the bed and breakfast and then he's taking photos and she comes down to like wash the breakfast dishes and he's like oh, oh my god doctor he sets his camera down and yeah i said the whole story yeah we need to get you an ao3 account <laughs> some of these things because oh my goodness oh dear or just write a book about a yeah. <laughs> monster hunter. So sort of like seventies British television, but also maybe more like a seventies movie because that would it would probably be a little sexier. They could put it on TV. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we learned that hundreds of cameras will be trained on the lock this summer, including the in search of camera because they're <gasps> they're going to get their footage. Yeah. Here they just say the in search of camera, <laughs> which makes me think they have a camera. <laughs> um, they do use plural at some other points. I'm not sure, but the, here they, they must are all have like, more the than searching one. camera. So, well, maybe they have one that's always going to be focused on the lock, and then they have other ones that they're doing for the interview stuff. So maybe that's what is meant by, yeah, I don't know. But basically, the summer of 1976 was going to be huge. I mean, it's bicentennial, baby. Although they're in Scotland, so. Mm-hmm. So there would be three major expeditions there. Robert Rines from the Academy of Science remembers one summer in 1972. They were having coffee when suddenly they saw something and all ran to shore and they saw a hump in the water moving slowly, turn around, come back, and then it submerged. (gasps) They had telescopes and used a 53-foot boat nearby for measurements. So they didn't have any cameras, though, on hand. They just had the telescopes and the boat that they could use to compare it to the hump to kind of try and All these people slack it off, having coffee, not carrying their cameras around. I mean, really, really. I know that it's always when you put your camera down that the monster appears, but... 24-hour surveillance going on. Why are you guys stopping to have coffee? Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adrian Shine is also a veteran hunter, and he's camped out at Loch Morer, just above Loch Ness. Morer's had monster sightings as well and has clear waters, which may give Shine an advantage. Mm. He has underwater cameras. Why is he wasting the cameras on the Southern Lake, though, if they have under... I don't know. It feels like he should be maybe participating in the Loch Ness thing. Well, Loch Ness water is really murky, though. It is. You're right. That's fair. And so there have been sightings here. So he's like, you know what? There are a bunch of people at Loch Ness right now because yeah. All right. the search ship is there. So everyone's like hanging out with Leonard Nimoy. And he's like, you know what? I'm a local dude. And it, it's interesting. I actually thought when they first see him, he's got like like little like pup tents. Like you're thinking like, he's like just a dude out there camping, doing it on his own. No, he's in charge of like a crew. They've got underwater cameras. They've got video cameras so they can quickly review the footage everyone else is using film and shit he's using video so they can look at the footage every night on the tapes and then he's got people diving down and like setting up the cameras and doing all the so he's like in control of like a group so yeah it looks like just some local scottish dude out there in a tent but he's he's got it going on so the one thing i don't understand though is that maybe i don't understand scottish geography because when i looked at it on the map 
Um, Loch Marar is a good, like, 40 miles southwest of Loch Ness as the crow flies. And if you wanted to travel there, it's like 60 to 100 miles and requires a ferry because you got to go around. You can't just go straight between them. So I don't know. They say it's right above Loch Ness. So I'm not sure what they mean by that because it's not above Loch Ness. It's like southwest of Loch Ness towards the ocean. I don't know. Me neither. So... I'm really impressed. I did some when I did my research. I'm really impressed with Adrian Shine because he's still around and he's still rocking that beard, even though it's all oh, white. You know, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, he's kind yeah, of he like is the, a um, cool looking dude. He is definitely when I picture the 1970s. Like he is definitely one of the types of people you just picture. Yeah, he's like the Peter Byrne. Peter Byrne is like you know the dude who's old and still around about Bigfoot, and he, I think he's like that version. Like he's okay. Like, I'm kind of like doing my own thing. And so, yeah, but uh, nice. yeah, still around. Well, I love a good cryptozoologist. So mm-hmm. go Adrian shine. Go. I'm sorry. I made fun of your plan with the clear water. Sounds like it I get it. Just like, I could see because when you're watching them set up, there are so many boats on the lock. You're like, you guys ain't seeing shit. Right. The monster is like going to be like, I ain't coming up with all these fucking boats. I'm not no, it's going to be down at the depths. Yeah. Which is, I mean, they are putting can... underwater cameras, but still it's going to be mm-hmm. like, if there if there are outlets to the sea, it's probably not even going to be in the lock. It's going to be like I'm going to go over here. Maybe I'm <laughs> going to go to Lock Marar, where there's no one there. And Adrian Shine is like, aha! So, I got you now. <laughs> right. He's got a plan. He understands. Got to think like the monster. I also don't like they always call it a monster. It's like a creature or an animal. Is yeah, they, they do. I think because it's all, called monster, the monster. Loch Ness monster, and so I think I know, just but... shorten it to the monster. But yeah, I agree with you. It's if it exists, it is an animal, possibly yeah. a dinosaur. 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh, I still need to watch the new Jurassic Park. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I gotta. Gonna get caught up on things. We gotta reel it in, Tori. Start talking about Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, it's dinosaurs. What do you want That's me to true. do? I mean, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you know, vampires are life after death, so I guess you know, it's whatever. gonna come up. <laughs> it just comes up organically. All dead, but unliving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, the National Geographic Society is focusing on Loch Ness. They charted the bottom with sonar and strategically placed cameras below the surface. Dr. Bob Ballard thinks the lock steep channels are their best bet, as they're the perfect areas to conceal a large animal living in such a lock. And they discount any possibility to photograph the creature from the surface, since it clearly doesn't surface regularly or, you know, fully enough to get a good And there's umpteen hundred boats on the lock right now. So That too, that too. Emery Kristoff is their chief photographer. And his beard is so dark and so thick that it looks fake. I don't think it is fake, but he looks like a giant G.I. Joe action figure, like with the flock beard and the Kung Fu grip. Okay. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a very impressive beard. You don't see beards that are that thick because it looks like he just like strapped it on. But mm. I'm going to assume he didn't. So scientists are also listening with underwater microphones. They have baseline recordings that are tranquil. Another was made in the late afternoon on July 5th. It is far from tranquil. (gasps) 
No one knows what made the sounds, but at the same time, in the same general area, the in search of camera captured a long trail of bubbles breaking on the surface of the lock. There were no divers. There were no boats. But something under the surface of the lock was creating a large disturbance that provided the most convincing photographic evidence gathered in 1976. Suck it, National Geographic. Yeah. In, in search, search of. of. Got it. Dun, in dun, search dun. of. They're just like waving their footage around. Look, we're the real science show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> They're like, there might be something to not using all the stock footage stuff and just doing it ourselves. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that would probably make a better show. I mean, that is their elevator pitch, right? In search of cameras are combing the globe looking for, you know, so maybe it just took them a while. Yeah. And the footage, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about it, but it's not it's not that convincing. It's just also this bubbles. is production number wise. I believe this is like episode 702, which makes it okay. the second after atlantis oh so, wow yeah although the, the the opening throws me though because that is a totally different kind of opening when he comes out and was like i'm leonard nimoy <laughs> and tonight we're gonna be he's like really like this is a, like a news program not like uh-huh. you know usually it's just like we're gonna show you some stuff but this was very yeah so. well they have their own footage and they feel like they've captured evidence so they have to make it as convincing as i possible. guess so yeah again we don't know what any of the production numbers mean or how these were done or anything. No, so. we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Take that National Geographic at MIT <laughs> and some other English people who were there. So, <laughs> mm. I mean, we don't know what Adrian Shine did. He might have got some cool stuff at like Marar. They just said gathered in 1976 at Loch Ness. So, we don't know. But good job. Yeah, so I guess we know the Loch Ness monster is real because we've got proof yeah. in the in search of camera. Mm-hmm. The bubbles. Mm-hmm. Lots of bubbles. I mean, only only a plesiosaur could make those bubbles. Oh. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Ghosts would stack books like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. It's okay. Oh man, we are on Tangent City today. All right, let's finish it up. We come back and it's narration time. Monster sightings have been reported in other lakes, Ireland, Canada, the Scandinavian countries, and elsewhere. All of these sightings occurred in roughly the same northern latitude occupied by Loch Ness. Dr. Nicholas Houghton of the Smithsonian Institution is a preeminent paleontologist on intimate terms with our world's dim past. This is a quote from him. And he says, if there is something living in Loch Ness, what could it possibly be? Well, from my own point of view, I just don't think there is anything in Loch Ness. But there is an interesting theory put forth by Dr. Roy Mackle of the University of Chicago, who argues that there may in fact be a population of giant eels. The point being that we know Loch Ness supports a good population of salmon and eels, and eels, for example, spend most of their lives in freshwater, but they go out to sea to reproduce and the young come back to the parents' waters. 
A certain individual who fails to mature sexually and as a consequence doesn't go to the sea. They just live on in the freshwater and they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And Mackle thinks this might be what happened in Loch Ness, in which you have a few resident eels which have grown to enormous size. He suggests 20 feet, but he also admits the size is extremely difficult to estimate, and maybe 12 or 15 feet might be more likely. If there is anything in Loch Ness that we don't know about in ordinary scientific terms, it's got to be something like Mackle's eels. We now have volumes of data on the Loch Ness Monster, and none of the investigators involved disputes the probability that the creature lives in Loch Ness. And all of them agree that the intensive effort may soon turn up the monster of the lake. And then we get that elevator pitch that I mentioned about how they talk about how they're traveling the globe to get you cooler. Yeah, I mean, clearly they're using their cameras for good. They proved the Loch Ness monster exists, so why wouldn't mm-hmm. they keep going? And then closing credits, and ta-da, it's over. Yeah, well, I'm glad that we know the Loch Ness monster is real. Yay! Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be eels. <laughs> it might be eels. It might be eels. I'm going to talk about some DNA testing they did, actually. Yeah, so we'll talk about yeah, those. Yeah, I read about that, too, but I'll let you talk about that. I'm going to talk about John Francis Hitching, who lived from 1933 to 2018. He is the writer of this episode and is listed in Wikipedia as a British author, dowser, journalist, and filmmaker. Nice. The dowser thing is interesting to just stick in there with the other three things. So, among his published books are Earth Magic in 1976, Earth Magic, The Astounding Mystery of the Greatest of All Lost Civilizations from 1977, Pendulum, The Psi Connection from 1977, Dowsing, The Psi Connection, that might have been like a series maybe, I'm guessing, from 1978, The Mysterious World, An Atlas of the Unexplained from 1979, which I think I may have owned as a child. That sounds familiar. The World Atlas of Mysteries from 1981. The Neck of the Giraffe or Where Darwin Went Wrong in 1982. Hmm. And then maybe this is listed in his Wikipedia under his books. I didn't do any research to find out. But possibly Boom Business of the 90s, Essential Startup Guide to Network Marketing, 1992. This might be another like John Francis Hitching or someone. I'm not sure. But he could have, you know. Decided that he's going to change tact and start writing about startups. I don't know. So possible. Yeah. Although sometimes I have seen things where like other authors get lumped in because they have the same name. And you're like, what the hell? Why are they writing this book? And it turns out it's actually a different person. So I didn't do any deep on that to find out if it's true or not. So, but yeah. And I actually didn't do a whole lot of other research because like, I kind of am like an old school guy. So I know a little bit about the Loch Ness and know mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff. Tori, you and I were discussing the surgeon photo. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to type it out in the notes, honestly. But the whole yeah. surgeon photo was 1934, right? And it is probably the most famous photo that people know of the Loch Ness Monster, I imagine. The black and white photo of the neck coming out of the water. It was thought to be real. And then they did some testing, like, you know, measured the ripples and all that kind of stuff. And people were thinking, oh, I don't know about that. And then the photo we usually see is cropped. Mm-hmm. And so when you see the larger photo, you get a, you don't really get a frame of reference, but you do kind of are able to see like uh, those waves maybe aren't like large waves. They might be like little ripples. So it's a little and they did science on it and all that kind of stuff. And there's like a second photo that almost no one ever sees that shows it kind of dipping. 
but it has come out. It was true that it was actually like a little submarine toy with like a mm-hmm. clay dinosaur head put on it. It turns out there was this guy who had made fake footprints that were supposedly from the monster. Because remember, early on, it was always like the monster was like lumbering around on the ground near the lock, you know, like he had come out of the water to get food or something. And so apparently this dude decided to use from my memory. I think it was like that gross thing that they had a lot where it was like they use an animal foot like as a garbage can or like an umbrella stand and it was a hippopotamus foot. Was it hippopotamus? Yeah. I was thinking rhinoceros, but I think you're right. Yeah, it was a hippopotamus foot. I don't know if it was actually like he actually used like one of those gross garbage cans or. It was an ashtray. It used to be an, it was an ashtray. Okay. So it was something gross where they turned. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Furniture. I remember reading it was an ashtray. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, he got caught out because they realized what it was. They were like, this is a hippopotamus foot, dude. And so he got all upset. And decided that he was going to make a better fraud and trick everybody. And so, like, he got, like, this, like, Ocean's Eleven team of people that all got together and, like, did this. And, like, he got this guy who could do this and this guy who could do this. And they got the kid's toy and then some guy who developed the film. And, you know, like, and they gave it to this other guy and all this kind of stuff. And basically, he was behind it. And then, like, in the... I want to say in the 90s is when it came out, like, officially, like, someone was dying. and was like, oh, it was fake. And then, you know, but it is one of those rare cases where we always talk about how, like, really complex conspiracy theories could not be true. Because if so, like, how could that many people keep silent about it for so long? Mm-hmm. This one, like, no one really talked until, like, 60 years later. So that's not too bad. I mean, they eventually did talk. Right. But, it wasn't a ton of people, but it was enough that, yeah. Yeah, it was like five or six people. That's a lot mm-hmm. to keep silent about something. It's for true. A long time. It's true. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, you know, people early on kind of did think that maybe it was probably fake. So it wasn't like everyone was totally, you know. Yeah, not everyone was hoping. But I do remember seeing it a lot as a kid in the 80s. You would see the photo and be like, is this really a photo of the dinosaur? You know, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there's the color one, which is very similar, which also goes around and is also another popular uh, Loch Ness Monster photo. Mm-hmm. which I don't remember if it's true or not that it actually turned out it was, but I think that one might've been an elephant trunk. I forget. I forget the story on that one. That one never really was that big a deal to me, but around that time was also when everyone was learning that elephants could actually swim. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. And so that's may have, that may have been what it was. I actually don't remember the details on that and didn't do the research on it. So I might be wrong on that, that it was actually an elephant, but it's a very similar looking photo. Just it's actually in color. So just of the neck coming out of the water. So, but yeah, surgeon's photo fake. They call him the surgeon's photo. It was actually a gynecologist, but I think back then you were a surgeon also because maybe gynecology wasn't super advanced in the 1930s. Yeah, so, that's that yeah. sounds true to me. Yeah, but yeah, that's that. I didn't really do any other research because I was like, it's a Loch Ness monster. It's fine. Yeah, I, I just care. looked a couple things up first. So just in like one of those fun little coincidences today, I got my COVID booster with the Omicron stuff or whatever. It's like the new one that just came out. You should go get it if you can, because, you know, vaccines are good. But after that, the Walgreens I did it at was near World Market and they sell this sriracha mayo that I love. So I was like, oh, I'm going to run in there. And (laughs) I don't know if you know those like Walker's butter cookies that are made in Scotland that are amazing. So I was in there, I found this little bag of Walker's butter cookies and their mini Nessie shortbread cookies. And they have a little like image of Nessie on them. They're super cute. 
They've got like, and it's kind of a serpent one though, like not the kind that you like, where it's got like the dinosaur head and then it kind of looks like a snake coming out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're or cute. Or eel. Take... Yeah, it does. It does kind of look like an eel, but just with like a dinosaur face. They're adorable. I will take photos and I will remember to put them on social media when this episode comes out. And also, I'm really excited because I really love butter cookies. So yay, we're shortbread. Yeah, shortbread butter cookies. I almost. Well, I didn't almost get something. I did. I. I definitely did not get something when my wife came home. I had texted her because uh, we're having weird weather right now because of fires and all that kind of stuff. So the sky is all gross and the air is all awful. So um, she was just stopped by the store to get some stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, get me like a, a soda or something, you know, just something to drink, whatever. And so she got me a Coke Zero, but she got herself an Imperial IPA, which I'm not really Ooh. a fan of IPAs. So I didn't it make sense. Oh, I used to one. love IPA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a stout guy. Okay. Or, um, kind of started hitting the ciders a little bit. I like maximum alcohol for my drink, so okay. actually, um, <laughs> yeah, I will drink. IPAs liquor, are pretty strong so. usually. I don't know. Well, Imperial IPAs, the one she got is like an eight point two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like borderline for me. So I'm more of an Imperial Stout guy. Get up in them twelve and thirteens, mm-hmm. but or get some malt liquor. Um, Steel Reserve, twelve <laughs> percent. Mm, <laughs> pineapple watermelon delicious anyway the one she got i was like i bet this isn't but is this for me and she's like of course not and i was like oh okay but we're <laughs> doing the Loch Ness monster today because the one she got was from rogue brewery and it's called colossal claude and it's about apparently there's a, a lake monster local here in the oregon area like it's in the river or something probably on the rogue river that is called colossal claude and so it's got like a, oh. a, a serpent dragon kind of picture on it and everything yeah so, yeah it's, funny it's got how... like a really high ibu i think it's got like an ibu of like 82 or something which i would not like because i'm not i don't like the bitterness of all the hot mm, stuff yeah so, i know but i probably wouldn't have liked it but i was kind of excited because i was like oh we're doing like this <laughs> You're like it fits. it fits but then but then she shot me down i was like no of course it's not for you I was like, okay. <laughs> fine Aww. i get a coke and you get alcohol i see how it is but yeah <laughs> happens more often than it should anyway <laughs> Not better. <laughs> well, I'd give you some yeah. cookies, but I'm pretty far away. So that's fine. I got peanut M and M's. Those are pretty good. Yeah, I like alcohol. Anyway, I, I used to like that. alcohol. Now I don't, and I don't drink it anymore. Just probably better, to be honest. But well, you probably still like it, but you decided that it's not. Pretty yeah, good. it's not worth it. I just get tired and cranky, and I can do that all night. <laughs> need mm. help so I'm, I'm good so according to scientific american they say quote contrary to some sources there is no tradition of sightings nor are there old historical reports or anything predating the 1930s so i, I mean, don't that's know what i said i said that a little while ago yeah you did say that american i just wanted to just... say that they're all doing it well i just want to source that so there is a source um so, I knew... i'm a source <laughs> i think i count you are a source also, so I was looking up videos on this, and there are some pretty fun ones that show like how the surgeon photo was faked and just stuff like that that are kind of interesting. But um, there was this interview on Australian TV. It's like Seven News Australia, and there's a man named Steve Chalice who took a photo of what they believe to be the Loch Ness monster in 2020, and it shows this big back of like a fish like object in the water it's like protruding out and he talks about how he just managed to get the photo like lucky timing it was really good and while they're interviewing him like 
they mentioned because there's two anchors and they mentioned that the female anchor actually she took a trip to Loch Ness when she was in college she's like I've seen the Loch Ness monster and then later she mentioned she was drunk at the time <laughs> so I don't know I just thought it was a really funny interview but then when they ask him they're like so do you really believe that that's the Loch Ness monster he's like no not he doesn't even like hesitate he's like uh-uh he thinks it's probably some kind of sturgeon or a seal or something so yeah it's just a fun little interview we'll link to it but I just I don't know cracked me up because she's just like well I've seen it but you know and then when she's like were you drunk at the time because I was or whatever it's just like oh my god amazing amazing Australian news which is an interesting <laughs> also a question of like I was drunk when I saw it were you drunk he took a photo <laughs> Like, was his camera drunk? I can't remember if that's the actual line, but just the whole conversation they have is just really funny. I thought it was really I will admit my attention span wasn't long (laughs) enough to watch a four-minute video. I kind of skimmed through it. It's very short, and it's the photo is interesting. It does look like some kind of big fish. I wouldn't say that it's... It honestly looks... There was one part where they showed, much like a lot of the Loch Ness photos, like the one they show a lot is really cropped in, and then they show the larger photo. The larger photo looks fake it looks like it's photoshopped well and they even asked him did you photoshop it and he said no no i didn't photoshop it and he doesn't yeah when you see the larger one it looks photoshopped it does kind of because it is the way the water is going over like the scales Mm -hmm. it It was like probably there was something else making that wake and then they took it out and then put the other thing in there it i'm not saying it is but to me it was like that yeah it it does kind of have that that. look for sure yeah so but i mean he's not trying to sell it either but then he is on a new show so i don't know what to think i just thought it was entertaining so I was like, I'm just going to mention this because it was fun. And then, as they mentioned at the end of In Search Of, there is the theory that the Loch Ness Monster could be eels. Mm-hmm. And so in 2019, Professor Neil Gemmel led a study that studied the DNA in over 3,000 water samples of Loch Ness to see what resided in the lake. The study did not find any plesiosaur DNA. How do they know? Do they have any pleosaur DNA to test it against? I mean, I assume somebody does somewhere after Jurassic well, Park. Well, so came out, why don't we have pleosaurs? Because why has someone not cloned it? I know. I, mean, I think it. I think what it comes down to is they didn't find any reptilian DNA, and they didn't find any evidence of like alligators or anything that might be mistaken for the monster. Well, dinosaurs aren't reptiles. That's true. They're dinosaurs. Yeah. But anyway, the study also failed to find seals, which was also thought to be a reason for some of the sightings. And it didn't find sturgeon either, but they did find the DNA of eels. There are a lot of them in the lock, so they found a lot of eel DNA. As the show mentions, like large eels have never been caught in Loch Ness, but they can grow to a pretty large size, especially if like the guy at the end of the show says they're not going out to mate or whatever. They're just staying in the water, the fresh water. So they believe the eels may be the cause of most of the sightings, including the original 1933 sighting. Although that was probably a salamander. because Yes. Or it might have been a salamander. I didn't see anything about salamander DNA, so I don't know. Giant salamanders. Mm-hmm. With salamander hands. Yep. They can regenerate. Yep. Yep. And both the scientists we mentioned at the end, so both Nicholas Houghton and then also Dr. Roy Mackle, they are like real scientists, real like, you know, paleontologists. They did stuff. Mackle was known for his interest in cryptozoology okay. and did help like kind of bring some more support to some of that stuff. So did Houghton a little bit, but they also were like experts in their fields. They weren't just like some crackpots that 
right in search of managed to find to say things they wanted to especially because <laughs> when they talk to Houghton, the first sentence we get from him is well from my own point of view i don't think there's anything in loch ness so you're right. like uh why are you talking to this guy but because then we get the eel thing so mm-hmm. yeah so yep well it doesn't matter what he thinks because they got indisputable proof on their camera so doesn't matter there there is thoughts that and i wonder if this because we get to hear the sound it's kind of like and it's underwater so obviously there's distortions and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but they do think that a lot of the the bubbles and stuff that show up in Loch Ness are actually probably maybe like from some some gas eruptions because of the way the lock was formed by you know like a, a split in the earth from like an earthquake or kind of thing that there could be like you know gas coming up from it periodically which could also have done the bubbles that in search of saw although i admit the bubbles like in search unlike most of the footage we get like even that footage in the australian thing you talked about there were talks about like how come ain't no one ever got video it's always like still photos Mm -hmm. like y'all got cameras that in your pocket all the time and you're still always taking still photos in search of is video because like they they you see cars going by on the road near the lock and then they kind of like pan down and zoom in on the bubbles and that kind of stuff and you can see like them they're, they are forming in a path almost like a wake, but it mm-hmm. is like a series of bubbles. I don't know how that works, like geologically, if that could be what was going on, like the bubbles moving through like a crack or something. So I'm not sure, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they never explain what those bubbles were. No, because so. they're convinced that it's a lot this monster. <laughs> well, I know, but they still like no one knows what it was, though, but it probably was yeah. this monster. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was like that little end bit in the narration where he's like, none of the investigators involved dispute the probability the creature lives in Loch Ness. I'm like, yeah, no shit. That's because they're investigators involved in looking for the monster. If they didn't <laughs> think it was living there, they wouldn't be wasting their time at the lock. Duh. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that's Loch Ness Monster. Yep. The whole episode seemed to be a little bit of a quagmire. Ooh. Sorry, I was trying to figure out how to work that in. I mean, we discussed it a little bit, but yeah, no, good, pathetic. good call, good call back. I'm trying to, I'm trying to reel it in, but we don't go crazy. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, we're good, we're good. Let's just end it before we go off on another tangent that's not related. All right, Lock Death Monster probably doesn't exist. Very impressed oh. with Adrian Shine. You can find some links about him in the show notes, along with all the other people we talked about, and even a link to the video that Tori talked about. Yeah, it's a fun little watch. <laughs> yeah, I might see if I can track down because you did give a link for the Scientific American article that the article is about reassessing the photos, but then the online the article doesn't show any of the photos. The so... photos don't load at all. It's so depressing because they'll be like, this photo is blind. You're like, but I can't see a photo. I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I mentioned the photo that we talked about from 1975. That was actually taken by Robert Ryan. Okay. So in his process with the MIT stuff. So it's the one, it's kind of like, a, it looks almost like a sonar, but it's actually a strobe because again, the Loch Ness water is so murky that, that they've used strobe cameras to take photos. And it kind of looks like a plesiosaur. So if you've ever seen like the body is kind of like bulky in one corner and then it kind of almost like there's a neck and then you don't see anything. And then there's kind of like a head. And so it's a strobe photo. It does kind of look like a sonogram or something, sort of, just because of the, okay. water and the, the way the light's hitting the water and all that kind of stuff. But if you've seen that photo, that's the photo they're talking about from 1975. So, 
unfortunately, when you just try to look up Loch Ness photos, you get a lot of digital crap and modern stuff. It's really hard to find like the old school photos because yeah, the internet's, the internet's a hot by... mess these days. Yeah, so it t- actually took me a while to find that photo. So, but it is by Robert Ryan, 1975. So if you kind of use that information, if you want to see it, because I've tried putting photos in the show notes and they never come through. Like, even when I put them through, they don't seem to translate through the RSS feed, unfortunately. So I would like to. I mean, I don't want to host a bunch of photos. Well, you can always give it to me and I can put it on the Instagram. The gram. I can put it on the gram along with my, my cute little dinosaur cookies. Yeah, maybe I'll take a picture of that can too that Aaron did yeah and just do it all in one it's our little party because this is the second anniversary of our podcast that they were recording that's true it. today is x-files day which is maybe why it we're is. so loopy maybe because it's september 10th and it's, it's been september two years 10th, and we're just it's been two years just, yeah. you've got an alien virus in you probably from your shot <laughs> i've been breathing toxic air from wildfires <laughs> i've got toxic air too because it's coming in from tahoe's really bad although i think it's a little yeah better i mean today, basically we're lone survivors we everything between like lake tahoe and portland oregon is on fire from what i understand so yeah you know that's how it goes it's super yeah even cool. yeah over um yeah there's I think um I saw a photo in Washington of like Sky Comish is on fire near Sultan, and so I'm like, oh, everything, everything is on fire. Yep. So that's why we're goofy. Yeah, we're just we're a little bit. We got one more to go. So <laughs> we're high on smoke and on the giddiness of two years of podcasting. Yeah, Corey's <laughs> probably got some sugar in her for some butter cookies too. So. I haven't eaten any yet, but I'm kind of. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I haven't even opened the package, but it's. I'm just. I was so excited when I saw it. I was like, "Oh my god, locked us!" That's yeah. yeah. At least you got something. Yes, I, I did. I thought maybe she'd feel guilty and let me have it, but she didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't anyway. either, to be fair. So <laughs> I'd be like, "No, nope, that's my beer. You're not taking it." <laughs> yeah. She's probably right. I probably wouldn't like it. She drank yeah, it already exactly. when I went out. After the last episode, <laughs> so I didn't even get to taste it. But <laughs> anyway, all right, let's end it. We got to got one more to get through. Okay. We got to get out of here. All right. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and the truth is what we make of it by the Agrarians. This is where you can find our X-Files episodes and most of our X-Files adjacent bonus episodes, which cover television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like these episodes, tell a friend. We'd love to have them join us. Yeah, that's wrong. I wrote it, but it's wrong. It's not really most of our X-Files adjacent episodes because most of those are still on Patreon because True. all the Scooby-Doo episodes, all the Check episodes, but, you know, whatever. I'm not going to say, We're like, s- some. That sounds lame, so... Yeah. I'm going to lie to you. What can I say? Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time. We're going to go in search of UFOs on this X-Files day. Not X-Files day when you're hearing it. It's X-Files day when we're recording it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still out there. there.
Alrighty. So close life after death. Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I went into um World Market today because it was near the Walgreens where I got mm-hmm. my COVID shot, and I found these cookies that you know the Walker shortbread. Mm-hmm. They're mini Nessie shortbread. <gasps> they have a little Loch Ness monster on them. And it looks like an eel coming out of the water, kind of, but then it's got like a dinosaur head, and they're so cute. I will put a picture up on social media well, when we, we do need this to. Episode, we but... need to save this for the episode. Don't tell me now. Oh, you have to well, you, can, you can insert it. All right. Well, no, I'm not going to insert it. This is not a fix it in post podcast. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I will wait then. To Lori, you about... trying to make more work for me. All right. <laughs> yes, I see how it is. And now that I'm trying to edit podcasts, I understand. You want us to go on hiatus again, Tori. No. No. Oh, my God. Just want to talk about my dinosaur cookies. Okay. All right. I have something something to mention, too, that I did not get any of, but my wife did. So she didn't buy me one. So. (laughs) Marriage sounds great. (laughs) All right. Ready? Yes. Okay. 